Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. <laughs> hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks. Things are falling apart. We're not even on the air yet. I mean, you spend all this time getting prepared, I know. and then you lose one thing. I just, I, seriously, I just... One thing. I printed out all these things, and I go to sit down, or I go, mm. you know, the, I hear the music starting, and I realize I don't... <laughs> mm. I don't have what I'm supposed I to have. I hear the music starting. It's like a house of cards just what? tumbling down. When you were a kid, did you ever build house of cards? Did you do that? I disliked people that built cards. I love that. I love building house of cards. Why did you dislike because it? Because it's so tension-filled. I remember being a kid, like, laying on the floor, building multiple, you know, up, 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 and, you know, loving that. It was kind of like... Exciting. Seriously, from the time I was probably three years old, I looked at that and thought, what? that is way too much emotion. What? You I never cannot, did that. I cannot. I'm shocked by that. I cannot wade into that. Of you, of all, I thought, oh, uh, uh. kindred spirit on the house no. of cards. Lex, you ever build the house of cards? Yes, I have. Thank you. Weren't you tense about it? Of course it's. I mean, yeah, but like that's the name of the game, isn't it? It's part of the enjoyment. It's like playing perfection. Like, was that enjoyable? What's perfection? No, because you put the little shapes in, all of a sudden everything jumped up at you. I hated that game. I never did that. You never played perfection? You never played perfection? What is that? It must be a different generation. (laughs) (laughs) Party har. (laughs) Thank you. So it was like a rectangle. And you would press the, was it, the middle was orange or red, I think. The middle, so... Perfection, as I remember it, was a red box, and it had a blue um, press-down plate in the middle. Mm -hmm. And it came with all these little shapes on pegs. And so what you had to do is you had to set a timer, and you had to put all the shapes into the right, um, like, slot Mm -hmm. before the time went up. Sure. And if you didn't do it, by the time came up, it all, like, popped up. Blew up up in your face. Yeah. You've never played Perfection. Never. I I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, let me tell you, you'd be scarred. But House of Cards, everybody knows House of Cards. I mean, it doesn't cost anything. You just have a deck of cards. Yeah. Very and, enjoyable. And you can give yourself some kind of, you know, anxiety complex. I'm surprised by that. I, I really am. Really. It was so much pressure. Only maybe you put on yourself. Ma- well, I could... It was like someone yelling at you while you were doing it. <laughs> but were there like a penalty if you didn't succeed? In Siberia when this was happening? You said you were three. No, I'm three? Just, from the, my earliest stage, I just remember thinking, really? I just don't want anything to do with that. In the words of my wife, what went on in that house? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all is well. I'm glad you find your papers. Or did yeah, you not find them? I didn't find them, okay. John, but I'll just look at it online. Off to a I'll fine start. Uh, house of Cards or Perfection. It's all falling right? apart. Very nice. Be careful of the blue things. Coming up on today's program, uh, we'll hear the story of a man who took more than 50 years to complete a PhD. I love this so much. I just, it's such a great story. And he's got story. a Pittsburgh connection. Yeah. Uh, also talk about uh, why Americans are increasingly foregoing or delaying marriage. Mm. That comes up in our five o'clock hour. Uh, Jay Warner Wallace will join us also in hour Jim two. Wallace. Yep. He is a cold case homicide investigator okay. from Southern California, uh, also an author and a writer. And he's going to talk about what the defunding of police measures have meant to uh, him as a former police officer, um, uh, his comrades, he has a son who's serving, his father was a police officer, um, and what that means to a free and orderly society. 
So that's coming up in five hour. And then in the four hour, <clears throat> uh, Denmark scraps a religious holiday. That might mean something, uh, another something Christmas. interesting for the trajectory of Christianity in Europe. We'll talk about the Asbury Revival also with Dr. Seigart. Very nice. <clears throat> that sounds like a full lineup. I mean, that's not just, there are other things, though. It's celebrity birthdays oh. before the end of the show. Okay, very nice. National Egg McMuffin Day. Is it? Yep. We just talked we about just breakfast talked about sandwiches the other ago. day. Well, yeah. We should go get ours. Someone in the uh, freezer here at the uh, station has uh, breakfast sandwiches. Have you seen that? Whose are those? I think they are one of the sales persons. Oh, Whose okay. turkey is in the freezer? General management. Oh. <laughs> what's that? That's Brad's turkey? Yeah. Brad, what's your turkey doing in Look, there? Look, you kind of annoyed. You're not that annoyed, are you? No, okay. I think it's a great idea to have the turkey in there. I love okay. that turkey. That's good. It's been in there a long time, it's been hasn't a lot. it? It's frozen. It'll, it'll last a while. Okay. All right. Let's move to the news, though. Okay? Without further ado, Kathy, yep. news stories, please give us, please, the top four at four. For Thursday, March 2nd. And reading from my iPad here and not my paper because mm. my papers are still in the printer. House of Cards. Number one. California Governor Gavin Newsom has declared a state of emergency in more than a dozen counties, including L.A. County, as the typically warm state digs out from rare snowstorms. A series of extreme storms struck the West Coast over the last week. Here are a couple stats for you, John. Palisade Tahoe Ski Resort in California's Placer County in the Sierra Nevada Mountains got... 146 inches of snow. That's more than 12 feet, in case you're counting. That brings the cumulative total for the season to 500 inches, or nearly 42 feet, making it the snowiest October through February period since 1970. Really? And ours is the least snowiest. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they got our snow. In fact, Palisade Tahoe, which is the largest skiing complex in the Lake Tahoe region, they had to shut it down Tuesday because there was too much snow for the ski resort. Wow, that's cool. The cities of Dallas, Shreveport, and Little Rock are in the forecasted path for today. Mm-hmm. Same storm. Okay, our friends uh, yeah. are in Dallas. I hope they're doing okay. Good. Number two. The House Ethics Committee has opened a formal investigation into embattled GOP Rep. George Santos of New York. Mm. That was announced this afternoon, shortly before we went to air. The committee's Republican and Democratic leaders said the subcommittee shall have jurisdiction to determine the following things. Are you ready? Please. If he engaged in unlawful activity with respect to his congressional campaign, if he failed to properly disclose required information on statements filed with the House, if he violated federal conflict of interest laws in connection with his role in a firm providing fiduciary services, and or if he engaged in sexual misconduct toward an individual seeking employment in his congressional office. Mm, okay. That's from ABC News. That seems like a lot of a things. a lot going on. I was reading about uh, George Santos. Apparently, when he does socialize, and he does often at karaoke bars, he is the star of the room. He's the karaoke star. People love to have selfies taken with him. They just He's a celebrity. So maybe... the. Maybe they're in the Venn diagram. There shouldn't be a Venn diagram that includes congressional leader and karaoke star. <laughs> Number three, SpaceX launched four astronauts, including a North Allegheny graduate, to Ooh. the International Space Station for NASA early this morning. 
The Falcon rocket bolted from Kennedy Space Center shortly after midnight. Nearly 80 spectators from the United Arab Emirates cool. watched from the launch site because the first person from the Arab world went up for an extended months-long stay as well. Uh, NASA's SpaceX Crew-6 mission being piloted by Woody Hoberg, a 04NA graduate and former research scientist at MIT. He's responsible for spacecraft systems and performance aboard the station. He will serve as an Expedition 69 flight engineer. Six months on the space station. Which seems like a really long time. Six months up there. Really long time. You can read more about that in today's trib. And number four. Mm -hmm. John Dr. Jason Arday, age 37, has just been appointed as the University of Cambridge's youngest ever black professor. CBS News tells the story that Arday was diagnosed with autism and a condition called global development delay at the age of just three. He was unable to speak until he was 11, and he could not read or write until he was 18. Wow. That is your top four. That's a wild story. Oh, fabulous. Can you believe that? I love that so much. He's going to start his work as a professor of sociology of education at the world-renowned university on Monday. Wait, he couldn't read or write until he was, he was 18. 18. That's yep. crazy. Wow. He that went is. to college, uh, earned a degree in education and physical education, then got two master's degrees, taught for a while, and then earned his Ph.D. at Liverpool John Moores University. And the whole time, he paid for his studies by working at a grocery store and a drugstore chain. Outstanding. Congratulations, sir. Okay, we'll take a a quick break. We'll step away. When we come back, we're going to talk about overlook an offense or forgive. Kurt Bjorklund, Orchard Hill Church, joins us in just a few minutes for Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. This is The Ride Home. One oh one point five WORD. Sometimes in life and our relationships, we just don't feel a sense of true worth. Here's Nan Deal. All of the messages of you're not wanted, you carry that into marriage, into what you do. I mean, sitting at this table, feeling not worthy to even have a voice here. Ridding our lives of shame and guilt. Next time on Family Life Today with Dave and Ann Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-419-2387. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-419-2387. 800-419-2387. 800-419-2387. Is it a housing boom or a housing bust? Is it a good time to buy or wait? 
In times of uncertainty and challenge, you need seasoned mortgage experts with decades of experience. Professionals, not just problem solvers, but solution providers. Hi, I'm Andrew Del Rey. And I'm Todd Avakian at Sierra Pacific Mortgage. We know how to solve your tough mortgage issues. We're bankers, not brokers, and we offer non-traditional loan solutions that most companies can't. Are you self-employed? We can get you qualified based on bank statements, not tax returns. Are you an investor? We have debt service loans that use cash flow and potential income opportunities. Need a private investor loan? We offer non-traditional loans. Just visit us at andrewandtodd.com and we'll find solutions to those tough mortgage issues for you and your friends. Visit andrewandtodd.com. Answer a few questions and we'll get to work for you. That's andrewandtodd.com. andrewandtodd.com. How does your family prepare for Easter? Truth for Life with Alistair Begg is making available a family devotional that will take you and your school-aged children through the events of Jesus' death and resurrection. Fourteen daily readings beginning with Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and ending with Pentecost. This colorfully illustrated book titled Darkest Night, Brightest Day will spark plenty of family discussion. Get your copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. I should. Proverbs 19.11 says, A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Overlook an offense. Mm-hmm. Huh. Reverend Kurt Bjorklund is back with us. Kurt is the senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church. Kurt, always a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for coming along today. It's great to be with you both. So talk to us about um, what it means to overlook an offense. Is that the same as asking for forgive someone asking you for forgiveness? Yeah, it's a great question. And there's forgiveness is obviously a big topic in the Bible and people have a lot of different ways of dealing with that topic. Um, In Matthew 18, Jesus tells the story of the unmerciful servant, which is probably the biggest, longest section on forgiveness And the idea is basically this one man has a huge debt and it's forgiven. And then he goes out and takes somebody who has a smaller debt and he insists that the man pays him. And then when it gets back to the first person who says, well, you didn't forgive, he throws this man in prison. And the haunting words at the end of that say, um, so it'll be for you who don't forgive from the heart. And the clear illusion is that God is the one who's forgiven us a huge debt. And then when we don't forgive others, we hold a very small amount over them. And certainly there are some people who will say, well, you know, you don't have to forgive unless somebody comes to us repentantly because God doesn't forgive us until we come with repentance. And we need to forgive like God. There's all kinds of things people can say. But when you read through Scripture— both the New Testament about forgiveness, Old Testament about forgiveness, the overwhelming evidence is that that choosing forgiveness is healthy for us. It's good for community. It's good for our spiritual life. And here in Proverbs, uh, the verse you just read about overlooking an offense is a little different than forgiveness mm-hmm. in this sense. An offense probably carries more the idea of annoyance, irritation, And it isn't really this person did me wrong as much as this person just has irritated me. Mm. And a lot of times what happens is we confuse irritation and feel wronged, like we need to forgive somebody rather than simply saying I'm called to overlook 
an offense. I'm called uh. to overlook irritation. And so we turn it into something much bigger, like I have to forgive this person when they haven't actually wronged us. They've just irritated us. Mm. And, and, and so those two things are fundamentally in some ways different. They have a similar outcome in that there's a humility of it that says I need to be willing not to be about myself. Um, William McCain wrote a commentary on Proverbs, and he put it this way. He said, the virtue, which is indicated here, is more than a forgiving temper. It includes also the ability to shrug off insults and the absence of a brooding hypersensitivity. Mm. It contains elements of toughness and self-discipline. It is the capacity to stifle a hot emotional rejoinder and to sleep on an insult. And oh. I love that, that phrasing of it because um, sometimes we really do need to forgive a wrong. But sometimes it's just having a self-awareness of saying, if I'm going to not have a hot temper, that means sometimes just overlooking, not even having to forgive an offense, not even making a deal and demanding that we have a sit-down talk and somebody has to you know, recognize what they did. I'm just going to simply say, you know what, I can overlook that. Mm -hmm. I can let that go. And, and again, that, that, that isn't um, intuitive to us because we want to often uh, say, well, I want to be, you know, community means that, that we should always have uh, our whole um, knowledge of what's offended us and everything. But if you think about even a healthy relationship, whether it's a roommate, a friend, a sibling, uh, a spouse, sometimes it's really good to bring stuff up. And sometimes it's really, really good just to let some things go. And so Proverbs tells us to do that. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So if someone continually bugs us, right, uh, oftentimes you just eat it because it's not that big of a deal until it does become a big deal, I guess. So Kurt, when I hear people talk about, I'm going to overlook something, right? That's a good thing. But to really clear the, clear the air, you have to engage with a person in, in one form. You mean if it's a big deal? If yeah. it rises to the level of big deal? Yeah, right. I need to have a face-to-face. -face. Well, certainly, and that's, I think, part of what I'm driving at is, is understanding that there are some things that, that I need to forgive, and that's different than overlooking an offense. Yeah. Um, and when it involves somebody has sinned against me, done something wrong, or somebody comes to me and says, you've done something wrong against me. You've sinned against me. That's very different than, than, Hey, I don't like how you, you know, did this. Um, and, and understanding that difference, I think, and, and understanding that, that there's a wisdom to overlooking an offense before you get to everything, having to rise to the level of a conversation is wise. That certainly doesn't mean that there isn't a time for those conversations for, um, confronting something that has been a big deal um, and saying, hey, this is really a place that, you know, I'm asking you to acknowledge what you did that was wrong so that we can forgive and have relationship moving forward. The Reverend Kurt Bjorkland is with us, senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church. Uh, Kurt, as you were talking about this passage in Proverbs, I was thinking about uh, the one in Ecclesiastes, don't be easily angered. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember writing that down on a piece of paper when I was in college because I had six roommates. <laughs> and, Hard not to take offense with six roommates. <laughs> right. 
Right. I mean, if you if you want to, you can be hacked off all the time, right. actually 24 seven with that many roommates. Um, but but yeah, it might even apply more to today when it seems like everybody is so easily or we all are are eager to be offended. It's not just that we are offended. We're eager to be offended. And it seems like both of these passages are telling us the exact opposite of that. Like, make it hard for you to be offended. Yeah, there's an old episode of uh, Frasier. Uh, I read about this. I didn't watch the show much, but um, where Frasier Crane uh, has having a bad day and somebody stole a seat at a coffee shop and he picked kind of the person up and rebuked him and said, people need to learn a lesson of etiquette. And if you remember the show, he used to have a call-in psychology show. Yeah. And people started lauding him as a hero. And they were like, yeah, we need to teach people lessons of etiquette. And it took on a life of its own and people were you know, smashing neighbors' blowers for blowing too early in the morning or, you know, teaching everyone lessons. And he finally lost it and said, you know, you, you, this is not right. And his caller said to him, well, what you did wasn't any different. And Frazier and his, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, humility of the moment said, you're right, I did wrong. And, and part of uh, understanding, I think, our Christian faith is understanding that 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 when we start feeling morally superior and projecting that into all of our day-to-day life we're actually living out the fruit of self-righteousness and and what keeps us from being offended easily offended what allows us to forgive it is that story in Matthew 18 about the one who has forgiven us so much and saying, I have owed and I've been forgiven, so I want to be the mediator of grace when I have six roommates in my marriage, in my place of work, rather than the one who's always irritated, annoyed, because then I'm not living in a state of grace. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, because the reality of you know my past situation is all of those people I was living with I was just as annoying to them. I'm sure. I mean, I, and that's that's part of just maturing as a person is realizing that we're just as annoying to people as people are to us. Right. It's not like it's it's not like it's just a one way road. So there's a measure there of, of nuance and, and maturity, spiritual and or otherwise maturity. Absolutely. Well, Kurt, hey, always good. Uh, this is really excellent teaching. That quote that you read, uh, can you tell us who that who that was by? It was William McCain, and it's just a commentary on uh, the Proverbs. Yeah. Very good. Kurt, tell yeah. us what's going on at Orchard Hill. Oh, a lot of great things. Uh, our campuses are doing well. We're launching um, one in South Point area, uh, and so we've got a new campus starting there. We have a, just had an interest meeting up in Beaver, getting ready to maybe launch something up there as well. So a uh, lot of fun things, uh, getting ready to expand the campus again in Wexford. Uh, we just approved adding another kid student kind of space, which will uh, ministry space that isn't just kids and students. So that's that's fun. So, yeah, we've really, um, really been in a great place just seeing a lot of people kind of coming back to church, coming to church who hadn't been and uh, seeing kind of the communal life, um, not just returning to pre-COVID, but really going well past it. And so that's been been a fun season for us as a church. That's good news. That's awesome. Well, Kurt, always good to visit with you. I want to thank you for being on the show again. 
Thank you. Have a great afternoon. You as well. Kirk Bjorklund. Consider visiting Orchard Hill Church. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Here's how we long for Skechers hands-free slip-in footwear. The world has gone hands-free. However, if you want to put on a pair of sneakers, you still need to bend down and help your feet in. Until now. Introducing Skechers hands-free slip-in footwear. You don't need to reach down to help your heel in. You just step into them and off you go. So what's the secret? Well, there's a special smooth comfort pillow in the heel that helps your foot slide into place. And they stay on just like a pair of laced-up sneakers. Get hands-free slip-ins at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear sold. What's the best product I bought this year? Oh, that's easy. Salon Paz Pain Relieving Patches. The proven medicines in Salon Paz Patches reduce my pain and let me do the things I need to do every day. In a recent clinical study, patients using Salon Paz reported improved sleep, mood, and the ability to work. They had less pain and were able to reduce their use of oral pain medications. For pain, I use Salon Paz. It's good medicine. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. How does your family prepare for Easter? Truth for Life with Alistair Begg is making available a family devotional that will take you and your school-aged children through the events of Jesus' death and resurrection. Fourteen daily readings beginning with Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and ending with Pentecost. This colorfully illustrated book titled Darkest Night, Brightest Day will spark plenty of family discussion. Get your copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home too at one hundred one point five WORDFM, Pittsburgh. I love living in a rural community where neighbors help neighbors, even if we don't always agree on sports teams, politics, or the COVID nineteen vaccines. We all have our opinions. Getting vaccinated is your choice, and no one can make your mind up for you. Talk to your health care provider about your questions to help make a decision that's right for you. GetVaccineAnswers.org has the latest information to help you decide. A message brought to you by the Ad Council. Increasing clouds tonight with a low of 33. Tomorrow, increasingly windy with occasional rain. Tomorrow's high, 44. Tomorrow night, cloudy, windy. Couple of evening showers and a heavy thunderstorm, followed by a little rain late. Storms can bring isolated damaging wind gusts. The low, 36. Saturday, a morning shower in places, otherwise cloudy and windy with a high of 44. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The world is fascinating, and this is a really amazing story. Very interesting. Lawmakers, this is from today's New York Times, lawmakers in Denmark have voted to eliminate the Great Prayer Day. 
It is a religious holiday in Denmark that dates back more than three centuries so that workers can produce extra tax revenue that could be used for military spending as the country aims to meet its NATO targets. This is Daniel Victor, today's uh, Times. This is, I don't know. The government has estimated that scrapping the Great Prayer Day holiday, one of 11 national holidays, and keeping businesses open would provide an additional 3 billion Danish kroner, about $430 million that will be added to the military budget. Prime Minister Meta Fredriksson cited the war in Ukraine as an argument for needing the extra funds. But the effort to scrap the holiday starting next year, as first proposed by Ms. Fredriksson in December, has proven unpopular with the public, drawing criticism from trade unions, clergy members, and opposition parties, asking people to forgo the holiday, which comes with its own rituals, but is treated by many Danes as just another day off, set off a national debate about work, religion, tradition, and war. The president of the Danish Confederation of Trade Unions said on Twitter that there were massive problems with the government's proposal, calling it a de facto wage reduction for employees and lamenting the loss of free time. Uh, this is interesting. 500,000 people in Denmark have signed a petition to keep the Great Prayer Day, and a survey commissioned by the Danish Broadcasting Corporation found that 70% of respondents opposed dropping the holiday. The Lutheran Church.dk tells me that the Great Prayer Day was introduced in Denmark in 1686. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was put on the statute book, it was meant to be a day of prayer, fasting, and penitence. Nowadays, most Danes associate Great Prayer Day with hot wheat buns. What? What, in, are, what are they? I don't know. Hot, hot wheat buns. Yep, that's what it says. In recent years, immigrants have revived Great Prayer Day as a day of prayer for the nation and for peace in the world, and people from various church denominations gather to pray and worship together. The event is organized by the Church Integration Ministry. Interesting. Wait, so immigrants have reinvigorated. I wonder where the immigrants are from. The Danish immigrants. It doesn't say. Yeah, it doesn't say. It said that. All kinds of work and trade historically have been forbidden on the day, and people were expected to fast until the church services were over and abstain from traveling, playing, and gambling, as well as from other sorts of worldly vanity. Bakers, too, were not allowed to work. So instead of making fresh bread on Friday, they began making wheat buns on Thursday that could be heated up the following day. So that's where they got their tradition of Dale Bread. Yep. Interesting. Well, it sounds like... uh... And look at what they, I'm just showing you the wheat buns. I would eat one of those. They look very Even delicious. though they were day old. Okay, so it sounds like it's a, a, a like a lot of holidays, right? A, a, originally a Christian holiday turned secularized mm-hmm. and an increasingly Denmark society, like most of Europe, right, turned away from Christian tradition, infused though with new energy from immigrants coming from wherever, question mark. And the large majority of Danish citizens reject the idea of getting rid of the holiday because they just want the free time. So has it been decided already? No. Okay. A proposal, they're saying. Got it. And it must be a, a longstanding proposal because if 500,000 people have already signed a petition right. energizing that, it's, I'm sure it's going on. I mean, it didn't happen yesterday. Right. Well, that's interesting. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be, it falls the fourth Friday after Easter, somewhere between mid-April April and mid-May. The fourth Friday after Easter. All right. Have you ever been to Denmark? No, but I would love to go to mm-hmm. Denmark. Me too. What about the ride home in Copenhagen? 
I'd take it, yeah. Wouldn't we take that? Yeah, please do. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about be a long this... ride home, but okay. still be nice. So speaking of Christianity around the world, how about this new article or this new thing we saw about um, the the multi-faith complex in Abu Dhabi? Okay, yeah, so here's another thing that uh, around the world. Abu Dhabi has now a multi-faith complex, which include a mosque, which we would expect, a synagogue, and a Christian church. United... They're together like on the same campus? Yes, they are. It looks like a large concrete pavilion spanning acres and acres of land with three very distinct sort of concrete boxes of various architectural sort of stripes, right? Uh, inside, I've seen the images. Uh, they're all beautiful. So inside, this is done. This is a this is a. It uh, is. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. It looks like something from Brave New World. Don't you think? Well, you know, oftentimes when you see uh, modern architecture in the desert, I mean, they're fascinating because you know they're bringing in world-renowned architects. There's, the, of course, the oil money is there, so the architecture to me is oftentimes like otherworldly, like seriously cool off the charts, or. It, it can be a, a colossal failure. I mean, you think about the desert and so what it is. So there's nothing around there. So they, they just no. built this, yeah. you know, out of. It's the desert. Now, inside, the photographs inside the buildings, stunning, absolutely gorgeous. Hmm. But I, you would imagine building in the desert and trying to create something in its starkness, a difficult task. Would yeah. you think? Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, so the multi-faith complex, I mean, I like the idea that it's allowing people uh, you know, on a civic base, encouraging people to believe something. Yeah, sure. Instead of just encouraging, you know, trying to whitewash everything and say that it's all the same. I wonder how how active, other than the other than the mosque, things will be. The Jewish does it population. Say about how... It does not. No. Mm-mm. It says they're there. I mean, they're showing essentially. Other than the mosque, they're showing empty uh, interiors. So this is in CNN.com today, so you can read more about the new multi-faith complex in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Uh, it, yeah, it's not very... No, it's beautiful. Okay, yes, it is beautiful. Okay, Sigart's with us. We're going to talk about the Asbury if, Revival. I don't know if it's beautiful. WORD. Sometimes in life and our relationships, we just don't feel a sense of true worth. Here's Nan Deal. All of the messages of you're not wanted, you carry that into marriage, into what you do. I mean, sitting at this table, feeling not worthy to even have a voice here. Ridding our lives of shame and guilt. Next time on Family Life Today with Dave and Ann Wilson. Later this morning at 9 on 101.5 WORD. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, and remodeling. The first Owens Corning MVP in Pittsburgh and one of the longest tenured platinum contractors in the Pittsburgh region. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, and remodeling. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. That's 724-NEW-ROOF. right call. Doing it right. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills 
People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-47-BIBLE. That's 844-47-BIBLE. 844-47-BIBLE. We're entering a time of increasing hostility against people of faith. A time when Christians are going to be tested on a moral and physical and financial basis, unlike any other time in our lifetime. I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author, evangelical leader, here to remind you that you have to take action to protect and steward what God has given you. For example, record high inflation is going to continue to eat away at the dollar, and the savings of your retirement account is in danger. Fortunately, God does provide a way. To protect your retirement, I recommend diversifying your 401k or IRA out of paper and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. Now, to see how it works, just text the word FAITH to 989898. That'll give you access to a free info kit on gold IRAs. There are no strings attached. So text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 right now, and I pray your family is blessed with peace of mind because you took action. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Right, 724-NEW-ROOF. A couple of weeks ago, Christendom was all uh, a flutter because of what was happening in a small college town in Kentucky, Asbury University. I'm sure you've heard this this name, Asbury University, because of what has been called a revival. Um, It's hard to say, no, I don't see a revival happening Mm -hmm. there. A spontaneous gathering, first of college students, and then some 50,000-plus people from around the world who were so excited and moved by this revival of prayer that they came to this small college town. Now, uh, the revival was ended by the college administration, they, you know, the administration to their to their defense and their credit said, you know, we've, we've got to get on with the idea of the work that needs to be done with learning in the college community. We're happy and, of course, thrilled that this revival's happened, but we need to go back to our regular class schedule. However, since that time, there's been a lot of prayer around this, a lot of conversation and much ink spilled about this as well, because people are still, and rightfully so, excited about the Asbury Revival. Here today to join us to talk about the Asbury Revival, a regular guest on our show here in the Ride Home is Cy Gart. Cy Gart, he's a, a biologist and uh, has written a work, The Work of His Hands, A Scientist's Journey from Atheism to Faith. And Cy, welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. Good now, wait, Cy, you're a biochemist. Why do you want to talk about the Asbury Revival? Great question. <laughs> uh, because I'm excited and uh what does this have to do with science? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, that's an important point. Uh, this this is a spiritual event uh, that is undeniably real. Uh, I, I think the evidence, I've watched a great deal of it. I was fortunate enough to catch a 10-hour video excuse wow. me, that was made by one of the participants. I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but I'm slowly going through parts of it and it's it's astonishing to um to watch you know minute by minute how things developed in that room in that in that chapel building Mm -hmm. and uh there's no question that this is that this is genuine and 
What I find remarkable about it and, and so exciting is the reaction of the people inside to requests from various famous people, journalists, preachers, et cetera, to come and, you know, use this event uh, for, for whatever purpose. And their reaction has been, thank you, this is about Jesus. <laughs> this is not about any person. And, and that's, you hear that refrain all the time from the people who are there and the people who were there. And, and I think that's wonderful because that, that's really what it is. It's, it's about, you know, the Holy Spirit uh being present in the souls of people who have been in that chapel and it's it's demonstrable and i think it's incredibly exciting yeah it surely is Sai. and i'm glad you know uh before you came on the air you were like hey I, i'm sure you've talked about the asbury revival uh would it be okay if i continued on with that you know like like there is too much talk about it but I don't think you can ever talk too much about revival. We've been so hungry for something like this. I mean, you know, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you hear about revival and you think, what's that like? Uh, a good friend of ours, Sai, who is a, a local pastor here, uh, he said that uh, someone told him about the revival, which started on a Wednesday a couple of weeks ago. And there he was. At, he said he was really sick. He was in his sickbed. But someone said, hey, this is what's going on. He arose from his sickbed here in Pittsburgh and drove to Kentucky for a couple of days just to be part of the revival itself. And he wow. said he described it as sort of being like um, on a lazy river in, you know, in one of those uh, parks where, you know, you're sort of enveloped in a big inner tube and floating down in water. And he said it was kind of like being surrounded by this beautiful imagery of God's love. And it was it was gentle and warm and that's what was sort of encompassing the energy that encompassed the room. Right, right. I, I, I can see that. I I have a friend who is a, uh, a, a pretty well-known younger Christian apologist. He has a YouTube channel called Capturing Christianity, and he hosted me for a, for a video, uh, for an interview, which went quite viral. But uh, his name is Cameron Bertuzzi, and he actually drove from Houston, Texas <laughs> to Kentucky uh, to, to be part of this. And uh, he has done some interviews. He's made some videos. They haven't appeared yet, but I'm strongly looking forward to that because, uh, you know, he, do, he does a good job at these things. So yeah. I, I think there'll be a lot more coming out. I, I just saw one this morning of uh, someone who had, a student who had gone from, I don't remember from where, but somewhere far away and had uh and was and was just talking in a microphone and he sounded like a you know a seasoned preacher i mean he was so excited he so he was so obviously filled with the spirit uh talking about what it was like to be in a revival and what it meant and it, it was it's just it's very moving uh you know the music that they're singing um the 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 way they they all work together uh, you know, in singing and in prayer, it's, it's just it's just marvelous to behold. And, you know, I've been saying for some time, sometimes controversially, uh, I, I've been tweeting these this and, and putting it elsewhere, is that, you know, we're due for a great awakening. Maybe not very quickly, but we keep hearing about Christianity, you know, people leaving the faith, the pews going empty, churches closing. And, and, you know, that, that is true, but I think that's a cycle. And I think that at some point, 
we're going to see, and I didn't know it would be this particular generation, but we're going to see a generation of of kids who were brought up in the faith or even more so who were not brought up in faith because their parents became nuns. And, uh, and they're going to be missing something. They're going to be missing a sense of spirituality. And we, I don't mean myself because I probably won't be around, but we Christians need to be there to give them that sense and to spur them to, you know, to come to the faith. Yeah. And, and I think this revival is an unexpected and, uh, and just incredible blessing uh, in our time that we were able to see. Dr. Seigard is with us, biochemist who's taught at New York, New York University here at Pitt and at Rutgers University. His book is called The Work of His Hands, A Scientist's Journey from Atheism to Faith. And I want to get back to the science part um, because, Sai, you know, people are listening to the show maybe and they're thinking, geez, this guy's a scientist. Like, what is the deal? Like, he's talking about how moving it is and whatever. It doesn't sound very science-based. And I think right. that probably comes from how bifurcated we've become in our thinking. Yes. So talk yeah. about that. Well, that's that's a great point, Kathy. And I was trying to think of what I would say other than that this has nothing to do with science. But what I should really say is it has nothing to do with science as we know it. Because one of the one of the problems with this bifurcation that you mentioned is that we tend to lump spirituality and science into two different baskets. But the problem with that is that science as we know it is not, we don't know everything there is to know about science. And, you know, as I've often said, things that used, that, that we now take for granted as true scientific facts would have been considered supernatural a hundred years ago. And, you know, there's lots of examples of that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't like the categories. I, I think that, you know, there is truth and truth can be spiritual. It can be scientific. It's not one or the other. And what we're seeing now, you know, our current science is has nothing to say about it. This is, this is something of the spirit. It's something of the human soul. It's something of God, the Holy Spirit. It, it's, it's all of that, which sounds unscientific, but there's only one truth in this universe and that truth comes from god and we can explore that truth with science or we can tap into it through spiritual awareness and through prayer mm. they don't seem to go together right now but that's just because we're not there yet eventually there's only going to be one truth mm. and it will be both scientific and it will be mm. spiritual right mm -hmm. and so I, I i like you think about what what happened or what is happening and of course this generation you know we, we just we all know we live in this deeply deeply cynical age and i'm yeah. sure you know for a lot of non-believers and perhaps believers as well you see that and you go yeah but now of course what happened you know some people would take umbrage and go well that may not have been a revival that was probably just a prayer gathering that went on for an extended amount of time but i do mm -hmm. know you know like you and uh, we know many, many people here in the Pittsburgh and Western Pennsylvania community who have been praying about revival for a long time. So the idea of, you know, revival in, in this city and your city and not only across, you know, here locally, but across the country and then perhaps around the world, it starts with a very tiny, small spark and then right. can ignite. So who's to say the work of the Holy Spirit and those tiny embers that have been sparked in Asbury, 
uh, how they may feed and grow, as you say, whether we're here or not. Yeah, I, I that's absolutely right, John. Um, you know, there are reports of other colleges, uh, Christian colleges so far, where we're seeing other signs of revival. Uh, we don't know if the, how long they'll go on. I don't think that matters. I, I think what the result of this, aside from the incredible effects it has on the people who are there, and, and this is something they will never forget. Anyone who's walked into that building will have this for the rest of their lives, yeah. uh, and, and it will affect many people around them. But the fact is that the fact that this happened uh, is something that I think uh, is a gr great significance to Christianity. And, you know, in the fact that it was it was so loving, it was so full of the Spirit, I think brings us back to the root essence of Christianity, which is love. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's That was Jesus' message, love. And that's what you saw when you looked at it, when you listened to it, when you see it. That's what the people were feeling. How how can anyone, <laughs> you know, come up with anything against that? And, um, you know, being cynical is fine, but it's. I find it very, I think it's very difficult for anyone to be cynical about love. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's one of the key reasons that we're human beings amen to that Sai. it's always a pleasure uh i'm glad you brought it up again i think it needs to be talked about more biochemist Sai gart the author of the work of his hands a scientist journey from atheism to faith thank you Sai. always a pleasure thank you guys take care word fm listeners in this year radio commercial i'm going to show you how the famous quote two birds one stone should actually be four birds one stone I can see you're on the edge of your seat, but let's at least give it a try. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and what we're seeing from families across the country is how One Stone, the cash-out refinance, is helping families four different ways. The cost of everything is currently crazy, which is spiking credit card debt, where interest rates are often three to five times higher than mortgage interest rates, which is why we're seeing family after family taking advantage of the fact that their home has skyrocketed in value and cashing out that newfound money to pay off the credit card monster, using leftovers on special purchases, setting a bit extra aside for future peace of mind. And the fourth positive is cleaning up debt improves your credit score, giving you better future options. If you're curious what a cash out refinance would do for you, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a listener 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. It's no secret that this economy is taking its toll on us. But I've got some important news that could really help. If you're facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt, you need to know that you may not be required to pay it all back. There are special programs that can significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This isn't bankruptcy or a high-interest debt consolidation loan. These are programs that credit card companies don't want you to know about. Ones that offer Americans struggling with overwhelming credit card debt savings and real debt relief faster than thought possible. Accredited Debt Relief has a special hotline to learn all about these programs and what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualified consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. So call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now for this free information. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. 
Let's be real. Retirement is expensive and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65 plus. Here's the number 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. I saw a tweet by Patrick Miller yesterday that made me, I don't know, stop and ponder several more things about the revival at Asbury. Um, And we're going to try to get in touch with Patrick Miller and see if he can come on and talk about these things. But I'm just going to toss some of them out now. Um, He said, at a glance, revivals in the U.S. have never been identical. In each, the spirit seems to guide and speak to a specific generational need. So consider Asbury. Number one, the most anxious generation in history experienced a revival characterized by peace. We all know kids between the ages of 18 and 22. It is an anxious generation. Talk about that later. Right? Number two, the most lonely generation experienced a revival characterized by intimate prayer. The most digital generation experienced a revival in an analog chapel. Mm. It wasn't on YouTube. How about that? Number four, a generation living in the wreckage of narcissistic leaders, who we've talked about how many more days have we in the past and will we in the future, experienced a revival characterized by humble leadership. A generation who saw the politicization of everything experienced a revival that said no to Tucker Carlson and every other pundit aiming to politicize it. A generation whose lives have been digitally mined and sold to advertisers encountered God without branding, ads, or marketing. A generation living in the wreckage of the ex-gay movement created space for gay Christians to find healing and strength to follow Jesus. Number eight, a generation brought up at the height, I love this one so much, at the height of anti-institutionalism found God in a mandatory chapel service (laughs) at a denominational institution. And lastly, a generation who suffered the collective trauma of COVID isolation found healing in a massive crowd of people. Hmm. All of those things are true. I mean, that's just... Undeniable. That's such an interesting way to think about it. And I... You know, I don't know Patrick Miller, so I can't speak for him and I'm not endorsing him because, again, we haven't yet met. But there I think there's a lot of insight in that the Holy Spirit reaches us at our places of deepest need. And and his ministry to us is very particular. Yeah. Those early, not even days, but moments, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, two hours of that event, the revival at Asbury. Can you imagine the 
how compelled people were. Yeah, right. The word got yeah. out and said, and then they walked in and were like, uh, uh, yeah. give me that. I yeah. need that. I want. I and then that. there was this explosion of come join us, come join us, because everybody experienced the same peace of the Holy Spirit. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Investments.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Retired U.S. Navy Admiral James Stavridis cheering news that Ukraine recently defeated Russia in a major tank battle. Admiral Stavridis says several things become clear in watching the Russians lose more than 100 tanks over the past few weeks. One, uh, the Russian military simply does not appear to be a learning organism. Making some of the mistakes they made a year ago in a failed bid to take Kiev. Then there's will, morale. Uh, the Ukrainians are, are fighting for their lives, for their cities, for their children. The Russians are a bunch of conscripts. Admiral Stavridis was interviewed by the Salem Radio Network. Bob Agnew, Capitol Hill. The number of people applying for unemployment benefits in the U.S. fell for a third straight week, down 2,000 to 192,000. On Wall Street, the Dow ahead 280 points, and the S&P 500 is up 19. This is SRN News. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. We make the amazing Solaire infrared gas grills that are built to last and will consistently deliver better than restaurant grilled food. The Solaire infrared burner heats up to 1,000 degrees in just three minutes, even in the dead of winter. The high heat locks in the juices and flavor and grills food faster. Learn more about these fantastic USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. Solaire hot, fast grills at BestHotGrill.com. You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman, and a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple, so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, 
customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Increasing clouds tonight with a low of 33. Tomorrow, increasingly windy with occasional rain. Tomorrow's high 44. Tomorrow night, cloudy, windy. Couple of evening showers and a heavy thunderstorm followed by a little rain late. Storms can bring isolated damaging wind gusts. The low 36. Saturday, a morning shower in places. Otherwise, cloudy and windy with a high of 44. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Happy to have you along for today's Ride Home. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah, yeah we really right. are. We're happy to have, yeah, yeah. We, we are happy to have mm-hmm. that our going things, on today. Our things over there. <laughs> our things over the other side they're, of the table. They're, they're going fine, except mm-hmm. that I didn't have the mm-hmm. thing I thought I had. Again, this is exactly what happened at the beginning of the four o'clock. Hour. I, I remember uh, just an hour ago. Fortunately, I was just able to find it, John. Very fabulous. Coming up in this hour, mm. um, we've got. Does this make sense? At five twenty-five. Yeah. Also, today is World Teen Mental Wellness Day. World Teen Mental, mental Wellness well- Day. So uh, we're going right. to wish happy mental health. It's a worthy day. To, it is certainly to is. Engage in. Also, our good friend Jay Warner Wallace will be with us in just a little bit. Um, He's a former police officer, and he's going to talk about what defunding the police means for society and for cops. Um, It's also celebrity birthdays. And so we'll quiz John before the end of the hour. Before we do any of those things, John, I saw an article in Axios uh, just yesterday talking about marriage. This is what it says. Americans are increasingly foregoing or delaying marriage, a dramatic shift from what we all knew a generation ago, certainly a huge shift from two or three generations mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, sure. um, over the last 50 years, the marriage rate in the U.S. has dropped by nearly 60%. Whoa, whoa. How long? A generation? 50 years. 60%. 60%. Marriage rates have fallen. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so uh, this is what Axios says. Taxes and some other legal structures still give an advantage to married couples, but the formal benefits of marriage are diminishing. <clears throat> Pardon me. That's according to Andrew Churlin, who's a sociologist at Johns Hopkins. The societal pressure to marry, he says, has also eroded dramatically. Life is a little bit easier if you're married, he went on to say, but many of the life events we link to marriage, such as living together or having kids, are increasingly incurring outside of marriage. Sure. And so marriage doesn't seem like it's as important as it did. I apologize. I'm like, it's something stuck in your throat. Something stuck in there. 
Even as the marriage rate is falling, the institution still does hold value in the U.S., though, says Susan Brown. She's co-director of the National Center for Family and Marriage Research. Here's the case in point, and this is why I bring it up, because this is what I find most interesting. Everything I've shared up to this point is no surprise to anybody. We've seen it happen around us, right? It's part of our family life, right? (laughs) The 60% thing might be a surprising number, but we know that marriage is less important. We see people live together all the time. They're, you know, before they get married, it's not that big of a deal anyway. But high school seniors' attitudes toward marriage have, despite all of this, remained relatively stable over the past several decades. In 1976, 74% of high school seniors said they expected to get married. In 2020, 73% said so. Really? So in spite of all the changes, uh, everything that you see, hear about, and experience, when kids are 18 years old, the same number of people are still thinking today that they're going to marry that did 40, so 50 years ago. what happens when you're 18 as opposed to what happens when you're 28 and or 38? That's the question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, it... The things I'm seeing is it's just an inverse order of operations. So especially with young women, I know it's not that they don't want to marry. Um, And I know more young. I talk to more young women about this than young men because I'm a woman. Uh, But I have kids who are, you know, between these ages. Right. And so I know a lot of their friends and I've had these conversations over and over again. It's not that they don't want to marry. It's that they want to marry later. Or uh, maybe they want to marry, but the available pool? Well, a lot of them are, are already living with their boyfriends. Okay. So, But what they're saying and what their viewpoint is, is that, um, well, he won't marry me now. And so this is just what you have to do. So we'll move in together. Right. So now I'm not saying this applies to every woman because I don't think it does. But with the number of women I'm talking to, I think they would marry at a younger age except they feel like the men in their lives aren't interested in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that happening, right? There's been a generational shift and and how guys look at marriage, right? It's mm-hmm. been a gigantic disruptor. There's yeah. no doubt about that. And I, and I think that marriage is now seen, instead of the entry stage to adulthood, it is kind of one of the closing stages to your maturation process as an adult. So it used to be that I think you would get married and then you would live together and then you would have kids and then you would figure out your life. Right Now it's almost like you have to do all of those things first, especially right. figure out your life before you can move I get into that, right? that phase. So you, you graduate from college, you get a good job, hopefully get a good job or you figure out getting a good job. That takes a long time to go downstream. Maybe, you know, you start to establish yourself. Maybe you might meet someone you're interested in at that point. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you start thinking about, there's a lot of maybes in right, there, right? Right, 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 right. And so I think, you know, five decades ago, it was, well, the one thing for certain is who I'm going to be with. And then the other stuff, we'll figure it out. Right. And now it seems like with how individualistic we've become, we put a lot of pressure on our individuals to figure out what they're going to do in life on their own. Well, I think for a lot of, again, from a guy's perspective, it feels as though there is a longer extended adolescence mm. that... You know, a guy would be a, a man at 
fill in the blank, 18, 20, 22. Now, you know, guys are hanging out. Uh, they're playing video games. Mm -hmm. They're less inclined to uh, engage. Now you're doing the swiping dating thing. The sexuality thing uh, has changed uh, the idea. People look at dating and then forget about marrying, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's a pool of available women here who you don't have to go and meet people face-to-face, -face, whether in college or at, you know, ho however people you used to be connected in the past. You, you and I knew that. Now it's all on a swipe. And so it's there's an availability there that reduces the friction and the work that requires to be done to engage in relationship. So relationship has changed, the ease and availability of that. So, you know, my needs are taken care of. Um, I don't necessarily need to get married because right. I get what I want when I want it, and I'm just going to hang out and do my thing. And Sure, sure. So you think that extended adolescence goes up in, for, for guys maybe up until they're 30? Yep, pretty close to it. If not, yeah, I would say in that neighborhood. And I think that's a big game changer for a lot of people. Yeah. Lexi, do you feel like uh, for young women there's an extended adolescence too? No, not really. Okay, I would say no. I think that I think you're right. I think the young women we tend to know are more serious minded than the young. Again, this is a broad, sweeping generalization mm -hmm. that guys are less inclined, yeah. less seriousness in a forward motion in their lives. And I think part of that um, is because we, I don't want to say infantilize young men, but men's needs are taken care of far more often by other people than women's needs are. <laughs> I think that's spot on, Lex. Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right, just a few wait, observations on our point. Wait till we set some time aside for the Lexi segment of The Ride Home. Mm -hmm. That might have to become a weekly feature. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. Like we come it. back. Hey, there was a cataclysmic change in Chicago politics just this week. It involves police, young men, the station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New, new, new music. New music from Phil Wickham. This is our God. First Things First by Consumed by Fire. First Things First. And You Will Be Found by Natalie Grant and Corey Asbury. You Will Be Found. Celebrating 20 years of bringing Pittsburgh's favorites and the best new music. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code WORD. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener 
listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought my pillow couldn't get any better, my pillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code word or call 800-391-0954 to get your my pillow 2.0s now. Is your school a true partner in your child's education? They should be. Pittsburgh's Christian schools agree. If you're looking for a safe environment where kids can learn, challenge, and grow with highly qualified teachers who are not only caring, but accessible, where academic excellence goes hand-in-hand with character development, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Portersville Christian School in Portersville, PA. Visit wordfm.com slash tuitions. How was your job to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. I'm cold. You know why you're cold? Because we need to replace our windows. It's going to be expensive. Well, we lose money every time the wind blows. I don't want to deal with a high-pressure salesperson. Well, our neighbors used energy swing windows and doors, and they love them. Oh, they have over 500 five-star reviews. The energy swing is a complete lifetime warranty for a peace of mind guarantee. So if we replace the windows and doors with them, we'll never have to do it again. I'll make an appointment today at energyswingwindows.com. There was a cataclysmic change that happened in the city of Chicago on Wednesday of this week. A mayoral election, a runoff involving more than seven candidates. And for the first time since the 1980s, an incumbent mayor of the city of Chicago lost and will not repeat for a second term. I mean, cataclysmic. Uh, The mayor, Lori Lightfoot, Uh, won 50 of 50 wards when she was elected four years ago. And on Wednesday of this week, she received 17% of the popular vote. All of this unhappiness, and it's clear to say it is unhappiness, is predicated on what's happened to Chicago. Now, uh, of course, we're so far away from the city of Chicago and not deeply connected to what's happening there. But I'll I'll tell you this, it's a mess. Mm -hmm. Homicides are through the roof. Lawlessness is just uh, running rampant. And it's because of... This administration, the Lori Lightfoot administration, has essentially taken the teeth out of law enforcement. Here to talk to us about that, about what it is to be in law enforcement and the importance of this. Say what you will, right? And there's a lot of conversation about this, is Jay Warner Wallace. Jim has been a guest on our show over the many years. Jay Warner Wallace is a Dateline featured cold case detective, an author, a speaker, a senior fellow at the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, an adjunct professor of apologetics at Talbot School of Theology at Biola University. His newest book is called Person of Interest, Why Jesus Still Matters in a World That Rejects the Bible. Jim? Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is actually, I mean, I was so busy writing the next book, and I thought, I just can't break away to do anything else. But when you told me what we were going to be talking about, I thought, Mm. okay, we're going to have to make the exception because this is such a growing concern, right, of what's happening nationally related to law enforcement. Yeah. All right, Jim. So the stat that I, I absolutely was shocked by is that the homicide rate in Chicago is five times that of New York City. Um 
to imagine such a uh, a deceleration in just you know being able to live normal life in that city is really shocking. From your perspective, you hear those rates. What do you think? Well, it's not just in Chicago. I hate to say it. This is happening nationwide, especially in large urban areas. And there's a reason for this. Look, I often say this, and I'm never popular when I say it. I used to say it a lot when I was training my own officers at our agency in Los Angeles County, and my mayor and city council did not like it when I would say it. But law enforcement is the one necessary profession upon which every other profession is contingent. Now, I know that sounds uh, a little bit uh, arrogant to say in a a world really since COVID where we've said there's so many essential services, right? And of course, these services are important. There are many essential services, but none is more essential than law enforcement. Remember, we used to have volunteer firemen uh, and you you can, back in the Wild West, you had one paid employee first. That was your sheriff. Why? Because you can't really run a medical practice if you're afraid that someone's gonna rob you at the end of treatment. You have to have order. First, this is why, for example, it's so critical that law enforcement officers be upstanding because they stand as the foundation for modern civilization. And so I know I get this. People will say, well, those other things are more important. Look, I have a doctor for a son and I have a police officer for a son. But there is no doubting that one of these is contingent upon the other. And this is what we have to realize, that if we are going to treat law enforcement like it's just another thing we can replace with some other body of, of, of servants, uh, good luck with that. And what I see happening is that, that, that we have started to kind of move away from the – nobody wants to be a, a police officer anymore. Our agency is probably down by about 30 percent right now. Wow. I don't think that's much different than other agencies around the country. Okay, so, so Jim, the narrative is, right, and of course you know this very well, probably more than anybody, is we're going to defund the police because essentially the police are a bunch of rogues and they're out there murdering people in the streets. And so we'll take away their teeth and replace them with mental health workers who will engage those who are involved and, and seal the problem or at least help heal the problem by looking at people's hearts and minds first. I like to say it kind of this way. Law enforcement is like a 10th domino service. It's not a first domino service. I mean, I, I also agree that there are lots of reasons why particular groups are where they are right now based on the history of our country, how certain groups have been treated. I get all that. That's a first domino issue. But you don't hire us to handle the first domino. I, I really don't have I, – I feel the same way you do about the number of dominoes that fell before we got to what we call today. But now you're hiring a body of people to serve you today. And, and, and we have to, what do you do when you've got real true crime is occurring? And, and at that point, it's, you cannot reasonably uh, expect to go back to the first domino. You're in the moment of the 10th domino and you need servants who are equipped to handle the 10th domino. And I, and I get it. Whatever we do now in order to right the ship, I hope will have a consequence on 20 years from now. But what do we do today in Chicago? Not what we hope to create for 20 years from now in Chicago. That's the real question. Hmm. We're talking to Jay Werner Wallace. Um, He's an author and a speaker, presenter, and a former police officer. Um, You mentioned that you have a son who's a doctor. You have a son who's a cop. Um, And you were one yourself. You're the son of a cop. So this is in your blood. Um, When you... uh, when you come to grips with um, a lot of the issues that get publicity as far as policemen who have just 
outright killed people, policemen who are racially biased. Um, talk about how you see where you see those in the dominoes and how you communicate with people who look at you and say, you're a cop, you're white. Uh, you know, we can't. Have, yeah. And we can't have any relationship. No, I, I totally get it. No one hates misbehavior on, on, the, on the part of police officers than police officers who, do, who don't misbehave. Mm. And we, we, we have a zero tolerance ourselves. You know, we're looking at a police force of anywhere between 800 to 1,000 a, a to a million uh, officers. It's hard to kind of judge this as they want to keep good records on this. But that's a large body of people from the number of people you see misbehaving every, you know, when you see this in the news. And so I think that we have to keep this in perspective. Like nobody wants to. We have a high bar. But there's no way to – how do we – if you pass the physical skill and you pass our background check and you pass – the bar is pretty high. But you can see places though, like cities like – I think like Memphis, for example, where there's a direct – they're trying to develop a direct path from our parolees to make it onto the law enforcement uh, team. You have to think about the height. that We cannot lower the standards. We have to continue to raise the standards. And I'm in favor of raising the standards. But the question I would have is what kinds of questions could we ask in an oral board? That would determine if you're fit for this job. Most of the questions you and I would say are important questions to ask. We probably aren't going to be able to ask because they violate certain rights of the person you're asking the question to. I want to ask questions like, what's the last thing you did that wasn't all about you? You say you want to serve your community. Show me your history of serving your community to this point. Hmm. Like, what is it you're, well, I coach my son's uh, soccer team. Well, that's for you, bud. That's your son on the soccer team. When's the last time you did something when there was nothing in it for you? That's true service. And I don't think we, we only ask those kinds of questions on the on the oral boards. You know, we ask, that's, that's part of the problem. And it turns out we often will go to a strategy to hire officers. I used to tell my chief, look, you want to hire officers, start looking at the Christian universities and colleges where young men and women are looking for something they feel called to by God to do as a matter of holy duty. Mm -hmm. The problem is we're in a culture that's moved away from this notion. They would much rather advertise by saying, hey, you got great days off. We can pay you really well. It's fun. Is that what you want to hire? I want to hire somebody who's willing to do this for free because they feel called to do it by God. That group, though, is shrinking. So we're going to have a harder time hiring those kinds of people. Look, here's the, the tug of war that occurs in every officer's mind. We, we, we signed up to be, and we're willing to give our life to defend our community. At the same time, we'd like to go home at the end of the shift. Yes. That tug of war between what we feel called to do and what we really yearn to do is the tug of war of every officer. There are fewer people who are willing to do that for our community, yeah. especially if every step along the way, you're in jeopardy of either losing your life on the job, like being shot. Like just yesterday, an officer was killed in Chicago yes. in a domestic violence case where he was just running after the domestic the offender in the fire. Shots were fired in both directions. He succumbed to his injuries. This is happening. Who, who wants to do this? If he just survived that shooting, would he have been sued by some group for having shot his weapon? This is happening all – there are a number of district attorneys that are now in place in urban areas that are not, really not in favor of supporting the actions of – they would assume them guilty before they assume them doing their duty. Right. And I think when people see that, they're like, why would I sign up for this? Look, folks, we don't just – like firemen don't ride around looking for a, pot a potential fire. They respond after you call them for a fire. If you want police officers to actually act proactively, 
patrol. We have a patrol function. There's no patrol function in any other service. We patrol around. You're hoping our very presence will deter crime. And that is typically where officers will get into trouble because you know, if they stop you for something, why are you stopping me? Well, because you've hired us to do something proactively to make sure our community is safe. What, what do you want us to do? I think what's going to happen now is you're going to see the police officers are going to become more and more reactive. Mm -hmm. Just call us if you got a problem. We'll get there and take the report. I suspect that patrol divisions are going to shrink and detective investigative divisions are going to grow. Interesting. Because no one's going to try to stop crime before it occurs. We're just going to respond afterwards and give the case to a detective. Right. Okay, Jim. So <laughs> you, you paint, wow. a, a, what I would say, a very dire picture about the, the, the uh, forward motion of the ability for police to police. The good news is, is that, you know, this defund the police initiative, which has given rise in the last couple of years, by looking at Chicago and, and the mayor's complete and abysmal failure to be reelected, there's a wake-up call that's going on here now the problem is as you've you know very succinctly pointed out uh, the pool has shrunk uh, good and well-meaning people do not want to be part of this because of any number of really difficult issues so is there a solution i mean how do those things work together people's eyes people's eyes have opened up we want to live in a free and safe society but now we've pushed away all the good applicants well i'll be honest with you the people whose neighborhoods are in most need of protection are in favor of police officers. What you'll see is it's usually the people who don't think they have a need for police officers will make decisions about police officers. Mm. But the communities that we actually police, um, they understand the law-abiding citizens in communities in which crime is occurring do not want you to reduce the number of police officers that are in their communities. I mean, that's been that that kind of poll work has been done for years. In Los Angeles County, for example, it's typically the, the voters that live in areas that don't have high crime that think they know what they want to do with the police. The people who are in the cr high crime areas actually, I think, are in favor of the presence of police. Now, look, before we start here, remember, we're, we're thinking about all of this in terms of police who are doing their duty and are not committing crimes. Look, we're all opposed to those kinds of people. We want to find them. There should be no second chances. They should be absolutely eliminated from, from, the, from the profession. There's no question about that. The question is, once you've got someone who's called to do this job, do you want us to do it? Yeah. Also remember that we don't have a duty. We, we, have, we, have the, we have a right to protect our own lives. And so sometimes people will say, well, why did you shoot before he shot at you? Because if I wait, to, am I supposed to take a round first? What if the round's a, a headshot? I mean, get, do, I have, do I have a right to stop my own death right. a millisecond before it occurs? Milliseconds. And that's and that's the problem is that, that, that this is a very risky business, and, and you're not really no one's being paid very well, <laughs> and and what we are being paid for is risk, and it's just becoming riskier and riskier, and they aren't increasing the pay. So the problem is, how do you hire people to do this risky job? It's not just physically risky. It is, you know, there's a lot of lawsuits and all those kinds of things, too. And so the question becomes, why would anybody want this? Jay Werner Wallace is with us. His latest book is called Person of Interest, Why Jesus Still Matters in a World That Rejects the Bible. Um, our time's almost up, Jim. But I, 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 we, we've lost two police officers in the Pittsburgh area in the last Month. three, what, two months, something yeah. like that. Um, and, you know, in... In watching all of the things that happened after their death and the outpouring of love from the community and the care and concern that's been extended to their family and all of that, we're, it made me think we're not dead inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. As people, like we really, we we know 
that that is a place of honor to be a police officer and, and the sacrifice and the sacrifice of it is evident to everybody. And so we all mourn for that. Um, it, it just saddens me so much that we're not able to take that, the purity of that devotion and understanding and put it in place before someone's killed in a day-to-day basis. And that type of trust is what's broken down and that type of communication doesn't happen. Um, do you have any ideas, tips, like what do you suggest to people who really want there to be that type of deep compassion and understanding one for another before um, an incident occurs? Well, well, two things for officers like we, we, we are, we are invested in my son and I, we were invested in this process. We, I'm just going to do shameless plug. We started a ministry a couple of years ago. It's called the thin blue life. And it's at the thinbluelife.com. It's really helping officers kind of navigate this profession from a Christian worldview. But what I can say to people who aren't police officers, if you have a reverence for what police officers do, what good police officers contribute to culture, then I don't typically get involved in politics. But I think it's fair for us to vote what, what is important to us. And it turns out that's what happened in Chicago. At some point, people realize, you know what, you can you can swing that pendulum out as far as you want to swing it. But reality of it is we need these guys and gals. So so we're going to start to vote on our priorities. And I think if we do that, we're going to be fine. I'm, I'm not as concerned as the pendulum swings. Here's what I would say. The pendulum is swinging, but my concern is that the base upon which the pendulum is swinging is starting to lean in one direction. So it always swings out a little further than it mm-hmm. used to. It doesn't quite swing back as far as it used to. What we have to do by voting is simply to write. Right, the the to ba- the balance. We're not trying to lean it in the other direction. We just want to get it back level again. Amen, Jim. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for your time here with us. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having. Always me. good to hear it. from you, Jim. Take care. Good to see you both. Thank you. Bye. Jay Werner Wallace, Cold Case Detective. You can find him very easily online at his Cold Case Detective Online. His latest book is called Person of Interest: Why Jesus Still Matters in a World That Rejects the Bible. Jay Werner Wallace. If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before Call 800-900-8000. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes Jesus Revolution. If you look a little deeper, if you look with love, 
you'll see an entire generation searching for all the right things, just in all the wrong places. Based on a true revolution. You're going to need a bigger church. Jesus Revolution. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now playing. Go to JesusRevolution.movie. In 1966, Time Magazine asked, Is God dead? Now best-selling author Eric Metaxas takes that famous question and turns it around when he asks, Is Atheism Dead? In his bestseller titled, Is Atheism Dead? Metaxas offers a provocative answer as he shows atheism to be not only implausible and intellectually sloppy, but also demonstrably ridiculous. Get your copy of Is Atheism Dead? Available now at Amazon.com and wherever books are sold. Discover the magnificence of the Mediterranean with Alistair Bay and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Nine life-changing days of powerful worship, Bible study, and history. Sign up now, deeperfaithcruise.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Increasing clouds tonight with a low of 33. Tomorrow, increasingly windy with occasional rain. Tomorrow's high 44. Tomorrow night, cloudy, windy, couple of evening showers and a heavy thunderstorm, followed by a little rain late. Storms can bring isolated damaging wind gusts, the low 36. Saturday, a morning shower in places, otherwise cloudy and windy with a high of 44. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Breakfast. I don't mean breakfast food. I'm not saying does an egg make sense? Does bacon make sense? Does orange juice? I'm not saying that. I'm saying breakfast, the meal you eat first thing in the morning, Mm -hmm. does that, John, make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Now, I am not a regular breakfast eater. I'm just not. However, this morning... I was like, I'm going to have some cereal. What? I had some cereal. Because of our conversation the other day. No, just I was hungry. And it was like, but it wasn't like 8. Okay. It was more like 9.30-ish. Okay. I had a bowl of cereal with some blueberries and some milk. Did you? It was delicious, I Made my day. I loved it. One bowl? One bowl. I can never have one bowl of cereal. You eat double bowls? No, I always have to do it. I've never done that. Oh, you've never? Never. You've never had a double bowl of cereal? Never, ever. That seems a bit excessive. Were you raised in a cave? What, were what you, you talking where were you about? raised in a trough? What? Come on, please. I mean, just one bowl's enough. Okay? I, always, I always want a second bowl. I can't believe that. There's a lot of things. That's beside about, the point. There's here. a lot of things about me you don't know, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it does make sense. Okay. Are you just saying it doesn't make sense? I, I. It doesn't make sense. What? Come on. I need to be the person to say it out loud. Here's the thing. What are you going to eat first we're bu- time? We're all of us. We're a bunch of obese people. We need to cut somewhere. I just feel Not like. breakfast. You cement <laughs> yourself with breakfast. I feel like you don't cement yourself with breakfast. I feel like you get up in the morning and you let it lie. Mm, you just, mm. whatever you did yesterday. Cup of coffee, Your body's working on it. You have a drink. You have a little toothbrushing. You get hydrated and you move on. What you have for breakfast? My toothbrush. I don't think that works. Now, I fully endorse having a breakfast food item mm. at 11 a.m. 11 a.m. And then 
load up, have two bowls of cereal, knock it out. Okay. All right. So but you're saying me, it doesn't to make me it sense. It doesn't make sense. <clears throat> That's an unpopular opinion. Mm. Sorry, I didn't mean to insult you there. Jeez. <laughs> this is a tough crowd. All right, sorry. Okay, does this make sense? Yeah. The prayer closet. The prayer closet. Mm. A small, dedicated, little intimate space where you go into your prayer closet. Yeah. Maybe you have some verses on the wall, some family photos, a little light. That would be cool. A comfort kind of thing where you just go in the little cubby hole and there you're shut off from the world. I love that idea. That makes all the sense. Mm-hmm. It makes every bit of sense. I think it does. Do you have that? No. Oh. I don't know. But have I think that. about it often. You think about if, if you about did have having that. A, yeah, I, I, I mean, I have a place that I do pray, but I don't have like a closet, a little tiny intimate space. You know how small the closets are in the second floor of your house. Oh you wouldn't God. even fit in there, would you? <laughs> I, mean, I yeah. wouldn't fit in there. The heck. It makes sense, though. So does breakfast. 101.5 WORD. I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you each day to open the Word of God and ask for His input. And I'm convinced the challenges we face in today's world are more spiritual than they are political or economic. Exploring God's Word together is refreshing. It equips us for everything that comes our way. Join me, and let's see what God has in store for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 9.30. Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-940-6161. That's 1-800-940-6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1-800-940-6161. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need. Indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign, and we handle the rest. Sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger, except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring us your next home project, and we'll bring it home. 
Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com to get started. Today is World, I want to make sure I get this title appropriate, World Teen Mental Wellness Day. So when I saw that pop up on my calendar this morning, I thought, you know, this is something we should probably talk about on today's show because I'm the uh, I'm the parent of two girls who survived their teenhood. John, you're the parent of two boys that survived their teenhood. Yes, they did. We're here with Lexi who survived her teenhood. Go, Lexi. Um, but I think uh, I can speak for all of us in saying that that's a really difficult time, especially in this generation. You can't, you can't imagine. It's just it's fraught with so, so many issues. Um, and so I, I thought it was certainly worth us taking some time today to just uh, kind of talk about it and throw some ideas around. I saw an article uh, that NPR put out today um, about uh, this. I was going to say this holiday. It's more like a commemoration. Anyway, um, it says that many people are struggling with their mental health post pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's not just students. Right. Um, it's parents, it's grandparents, it's people who are single, it's people who are uh, living with a spouse, living with a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever it is. Everybody has had a hard time dealing with the pandemic. But recently published data from the CDC is shedding light on how teens are faring. The numbers show that four in 10 U.S. high schoolers experienced persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness in 2021 and nearly a quarter seriously considered attempting suicide. It, it doesn't surprise me, right? We've just come through this ourselves with our own kids who still carry, you know, some of those vestiges of what it was to be a teenager. We talked about this the other day. Uh, and it's easy to point the finger, you know, at the boogeyman of social media. But, you know, when kids look how quickly, what was this 2007, the iPhone came into population how quickly it transformed the world. It transformed our lives. Mm-hmm, Heck, did. we were middle-aged. Right. So you put a, a cell phone, an iPhone, in the hands of a 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old, and they quickly become teenagers, you're carrying the world in your pocket, for better or worse. More often than not, for kids, for worse. Mm-hmm. You're just asking for a host of troubles. And I think, here's the proof in the pudding. We see it. That 25% figure, 25% seriously considered attempting suicide is just so, it's so tragic. Teen girls and LGBTQ youth are struggling the most, NPR says, with the highest rates of sadness recorded by the CDC in a decade. And so the question that NPR is asking is how can parents help their teens navigate this tumultuous developmental period? How do you do that? I don't know. I mean, I, we, we did it. We did it. Right. Yeah, we did do it. And so I took some time this afternoon to think back on what our family setup was like during my kids' ninth through 12th grade years. Yeah. And um, the number one thing I can say, and by me saying these things, please do not take it as me preach, the preaching to you or being an expert of any sort. I am just a fellow struggler. You're a parent. And so I'm a parent, so I'm just going to tell you what I did, and you can take it or leave it. Um, but the number one thing I can say is that my husband and I were around. Mm-hmm. And you can 
try to plan trips and you can go to shows and you can, you know, be the coach of your kid's team or whatever. But if you're not just around at home, I really think you're asking for a giant issue. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, no, again, we were fortunate that we were around. A lot of parents, they're working odd jobs or multiple jobs or jobs that have strange hours. I get that. But for us as well, I mean, you learned this in your own family. I mean, growing up, I've told this, I've said this a million times, all nine of us at five o'clock every night sat around the dinner table. That's embedded in the nature of who I am as a human being. Mm-hmm. Nine people around the table, for better or worse, there's a heck of a lot of sharing that goes along. Now, we did that with our kids. We, don't, we have two kids. So four of us, every night, we, tried to, we sat around. We didn't try. We sat around the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was great. Oftentimes it was great. Other times it was a horror show, right? But there they were. They yeah. saw us. They saw us as mom and dad. And we tried to keep open the lines of communication. Yeah. And I think that to me, that's the major key. I really do believe that. And I know that all people can't do that for any number of reasons. Yeah. But if you can be around And I don't mean that you have scheduled 7 to 9 p.m. that you're going to sit there and say, let's talk. It's not that. It's the fact that you have to just be there because with kids, the important conversations will happen with no warning. Right. And it'll happen late at night or they'll happen early in the morning or whatever. And if you're not there, you're not going to catch it. Right. Um, It's just these things, you know, the, the most remarkable conversations I had with my kids were never at a planned moment. No. They were never at a planned outing. It was just something that happened when it happened. All right, so let's okay, talk so to Lex. Be, okay, so be, yeah, go ahead, Lex. Okay, so Lex, they're, they're you. You're 23 years old. Now, uh, there you are. You became an adult, essentially, during the pandemic, so your teen years are not that far away. Talk about your teenage years and, you know, the good and the bad and the struggles and the joys. Well, it's hard to say, mainly because um, when I was younger, my uh, dad passed away. And so my mom tried her best to be there for me while also grieving. Yeah. And so it's hard to do that. It's impossible a, probably it's to hard. do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I can't imagine what she was going through trying to shepherd me. Gosh, sorry for crying. No, it's, that's okay. Because <laughs> I was part of that 25%, you know? Yeah. I've been there. I've done that. Yeah. You could see how you'd fall into that. Yeah. One hundred percent. It's it's sometimes it's really hard for parents, and I can't imagine doing that. And I can't imagine. Well, I can't imagine thinking about um, how hard it is mentally for um, teenagers right now because I was there, I was in that situation. And you're completely right. Showing up is the biggest thing that you can do as a parent. Now, I'm not saying my mom didn't do that. She did her best, but it's hard when it's only her. Yeah. Yeah. What kept you going? What are the things that sustained you while you were in those despair? Yeah, those really bad times? My friends. Okay. Obviously, my, my mom is obviously, she's like my biggest fan. And, teen. Yeah, teen. We love teen. Oh, Tina. Tina. <laughs> um, but... Love is what got me through. Mm. And people who were dedicated to seeing me grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seeing me grow. 
So whether you've got kids or not, we're surrounded by them, right? I mean, we it's easy. Yeah, and we all, even if they're not our kids. Right, of course. There are kids in our neighborhoods and our churches and our wherever you hang. You've got your kids, your sister's kids or your neighbor's kids or something like that. And I think probably for a lot of people you go, uh, especially if I'm not connected to kids, I got nothing in common. They seem like, you know, aliens to me. I don't even know how to, you know, say hello or to have a deeper conversation because it's not my world. I mean, you, you know, you, you, the generation is your generation. That's where your most comfort level is. But how do you look at kids and be of some help, mm-hmm. some wisdom, some, some strength? Yeah, presence. Just presence. Just be there. Because presence isn't our iPhones. Present isn't social media. It's looking someone in the eye, seeing them for who they are, and being able to engage. We're called to this, right? Yeah. I mean, in Christ. Community. Church. and The be- church, capital C Church. Before you start to pray or preach, you got to just be yourself first before anybody will pay you any heed. Two-way street in the relationship. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We got more ahead. Yeah, we do. Celebrity birthday's coming up next. Hey, whose birthday? I don't know. You're going to be on the hot seat. All right. My six-year-old nephew got his first Bible for Christmas this year. He raised the Bible over his head in celebration, and as he did, caught his mom on the bridge of her nose, leaving us considering stitches. Hebrew says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, but I don't think this is what that meant. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and we'd like to slam you in the head with an important word as well. Many experts believe that even with interest rates higher, this year should be a better year to buy a home. Inventory should go up, competition over homes has come down, allowing prices to stabilize, closing cost concessions from the seller are back in play, making it for many a good time to finally find that dream home while it's available with the strategy to refinance once rates settle. If your family is thinking new home, we hope you'll remember us, our direct lender advantage, and that we provide a $1,000 lender credit at closing, a big thing my nephew would definitely celebrate. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. This spring, join Danny Gokey, Jordan Feliz, and Blanca on the Jesus People Tour, heading to your city. Join Danny, Jordan, and Blanca in Moon Township, Pennsylvania at Impact Christian Church on Thursday, March 23rd. That's Moon Township, Pennsylvania on March 23rd. The Jesus People Tour, live in your city. More information at TransparentProductions.com. Take as little as three minutes to see if you could save on motorcycle insurance with Progressive. Come on, you've spent more time than that debating your accessories. Could use some new riding gloves. Guess I'll go with black leather again. Ah, it just seems so basic. Wait, what if I did white leather? People be like, hey, this guy's different. Or they might be like, hey, this guy looks like a butler. Yeah, okay. Black leather it is. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Every day is a great day to play around at All About Golf in Butler. The new Ping lineup is here. Stop by the Pro Shop and check out the all-new line of Ping putters and get newly reduced deals on Ping G425s for a limited time while supplies last. All About Golf Bays equipped with top tracer technology are open year-round. 8 to 8 daily, rain or shine. Plus lessons for every age and skill level to help you master your game. All About Golf in Butler. Practice, learn, play. Visit allaboutgolfpa.com trip to europe visit all 30 major league baseball stadiums go skydiving okay so you know what you want to do in retirement but do you know how to get there tune into your retirement blueprint with kurt kenotic and ethan lane of accurate solutions group saturdays at 10 a.m to get answers to your retirement planning questions plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement listen every saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with accurate solutions group Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Periodically, we pull out a celebrity birthday challenge for John Hall. <laughs> so, because again, very narrow bandwidth. For, s- for some strange reason, he's able to uh, pretty quickly ascertain the, the age of, of people. Um, and so I give you two today. Okay. Okay. Uh, the first being John Bon Jovi. Oh, you know, I'm a f- more of a fan of Bon Jovi as an actor than I am as a musician. What What's he an actor in? Oh, he's done a ton of stuff. I've never seen him as an actor. Yes, you have. No, I never have. I, I did not know really? that. Never. Oh, yeah. Look, look him up. I mean... is he? He's good. Yeah, he is good. Is he good? Yeah. I mean, he plays John Bon Jovi. Yeah. Lex, but, you, you know who John Bon Jovi is? Yes. Bon Thank Jovi. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, look him up. I mean, he's, I, I, I like that guy. I like Bon Jovi. I, his music, eh. I'm kind of like not much of a fan. Okay. Uh, Living on a prayer? No, not that fine. It's fine. It's not fine. It's epic. I mean, it's not really mine. He was in Pay It Forward? Are you kidding me? How about that? Oh, my goodness. He's got a lot of credits to his name. He really does. I don't know him. I mean, I I know him from the band, but I don't know him from... No, he's had a a big theatrical career. Okay. Uh, John Bon Jovi, today's his birthday. Yep. Uh, Since you're bringing it up, he's in the neighborhood of old man. Uh, He's a good 60. Is he? Yeah. He's 61, John. Yeah. Very nice. Very, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, the uh, just retired James Bond comes up next. Daniel Craig oh, celebrates a birthday. My today. favorite James Bond. Yes. I, think. I hate to say it, but it's yeah. true. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a big James Bond fan. Oh, come on. It's no, a lot of fun. The franchise is fun. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I don't think so. Uh, Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. Man, he's, he's bad. I love him. Isn't he? Plus he's, how about him in Knives Out? Is that a hilarious oh, yeah. role? I mean, I could say I have a man crush on Daniel. Do, I tell, I, yeah. Look, I want you to you be honest. See that. Uh, Did you see him in Glass Onion? Yeah. Did you see Glass Onion? Yeah. It's okay. It was okay. It yeah. wasn't as good as Knives right, Out. Right, right. But James Bond, excellent. Daniel Craig is 53. 55. Not bad. Now, I would have put him significantly older than older. that. Older. Yeah, I no, thought I thought he was really. older than that. I when did. you look at Daniel Craig like Bond Prime, yeah, boom, you know, 40, yeah. mm-hmm. 40 years old, just could do anything. Th- mm-hmm. Those are some excellent Bonds. Really, I don't think any Bond is excellent. X, yes, have you See, seen him so. as Bond? Yeah, I have. Sure, of course. Excellent. Quantum Bond. of Solace, mm, just good stuff. And I, um, and I you know me, how I feel about you know the Marvel franchise superhero thing. Yeah, I'm thing. surprised you no, like James Bond. He's just cool. He is. I mean, I guess, but mm-hmm. Lex, do you have any connection with James Bond? James Not Bond. a lick. Yeah. Not, Not a lick. <laughs> Bond to James Bond. All right. How about Egg McMuffin? How do you guys feel about that? I love me so an good. Egg McMuffin. Now, but, again, it's the same thing with the cereal. 
I always want to. Never. Never would I do two. That's way too much, you guys. Too much of a good thing. You do one and be happy with it. And don't clutter it up with some home fry or whatever. That Don't do that. Or, or McRiddle things. Just be happy with A, one Egg McMuffin, and go about your well, day. Well, now I feel ungrateful. No, no. But There's I always want another one. Well, Lexi? There's anarchy in the studio right now. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? No, come on. What do you Double think? Double bowls of cereal. It has to be two. Two? Thank you. Two? It's too much. No, it too is much. too How much. How big are your bowls? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's no, a personal wait, oh, question. Well, all of a sudden, like, okay, please. What the heck's going on okay. here? Okay, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Have Have a great is night, it National Abbey Muffin Today. Day. Have one on the way home. home with John and Kathy. A production of Salem Media Group.